Hey there, this is Vicki Arsenault, and you're listening to another episode of Faithing Your Fears. Hey, have you ever been tempted or maybe heard a scripture that someone shared and you were like, hmm, I'm not really sure if that's the way that that goes or if that's really sitting right with me? Well, one of the things I want to just share with you today is from Luke 4. And this is about the temptation of Jesus. Because Jesus had just become full of the Holy Spirit. And then he was brought out into the wilderness where he um, fasted for 40 days. And so there was a time where he became hungry. Like literally 40 days without food. That's crazy. Like I have a hard time going an entire day without food. Even a few hours without food. I, I get less hangry than I used to, but still, you know, it's difficult to do. So Jesus is 40 days here. And it says in verse 3, so, well, we'll start in verse 2. Okay, so Jesus was being tempted by the devil for 40 days. He ate nothing all that time and became very hungry, right? Rightfully so. Then the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. And then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you'll worship me. And Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So verse 9, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. And here, verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Now that part right there. Whew, I'm like, okay. In one version, I think in the New King James Version, it says the devil left him until a more opportune time. So after 40 days... Jesus is hungry, right? So he is at a weak point in his life right there. He's hungry. And that is when the enemy swooped in and said, Hey, I got some stuff for you. Now, I want you to think about this and also picture how this shows up in our own lives, okay? So first of all, Jesus was hungry. So the first thing the devil offered him was... Uh, to turn the rock, turn the stone into a loaf of bread, right? So he's coming at him. He knows Jesus has some physical needs right now. He needs some food. So he's like, hey, why don't you just turn this? Like Satan knows that he could, right? The fact that he said it, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Of course Jesus could have done that. But he didn't. He answered back with scripture. People do not live by bread alone. 
So, okay, that one didn't work. So Satan's like, okay, well, let's see if we can get him to give in to some stuff. So, hey, I'm going to give you all these kingdoms and authority over them. Because they're mine to give to anyone I please. And I'll give it all to you if you worship me. And so, of course, Jesus responds with scripture. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So Satan's like, okay, well, that one didn't work. So how about this? We're going to try this. If you're the son of God, jump off this building. And he quotes scripture. And he says, he'll order his angels to protect and guard you. And they'll hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And then Jesus answers and says, the scriptures also say. So Satan did use the scripture. He just likes to twist stuff and take it out of context. So Jesus answers, you must not test the Lord your God. So at that point, Satan's tried three different things. He's tried, he's tried meeting physical needs. He's tried meeting like these uh, materialistic things. And then he tries like um, seeing how devoted he is to God. Like, is God really going to protect you? Like Satan does this. He did this way back in the Garden of Eden. Same thing with Eve. Oh, did God really say that? You know, in making her question, he takes the scripture um, twist it just a little bit to make you a little bit confused. And so what that can do is it can, it can make us uh, fall into temptation sometimes because we hear something and we're like, well, you know, the Bible does say that. And it can get really confusing. Like if you don't know the word really well, or know God's heart for you really well, it could be really confusing and you could fall into some sorts of temptation. Now, if you do, because we're humans and we do fall into temptation sometimes, thank God we have this amazing God who just loves us and um, offers us so much grace. And you know, when we realize the error of our ways and we repent and we, we turn back to God, then you know, he obviously forgives us and then he just forgets about it. As far as the east is from the west, it's gone. Well, what I want to encourage you with today is like, first of all, um, God has the ability to read your mind and read your heart. Satan does not. Satan does know how people function. I mean, he's been seeing it through the ages. This is the typical thing that people are going to be drawn to. So he can go and um, offer things or say things that might hit that weak spot that you have. And we have these weak spots, right? We have insecurities. We have um, places in our lives where we feel like we are deficient in some way. And so his job is to go around and seek who he can destroy, right? That's what he wants to do is to steal our face, our face, steal our faith and get our eyes off of God um, to make us feel like God is not actually there for us. That he's not trying to um, help us thrive in life. Satan's job is to go around to to seek, kill, and destroy. That's all he does all day long. But I feel like the only authority that he has over our lives is what we hand to him. 
And what we hand to him is because sometimes we are lacking in the knowledge of what the word actually says about us. So the things that I want us to notice in Luke 4 is that every time Satan came up against Jesus with something, whether it was food or stuff or, you know, a challenge, um, Jesus answered back with scripture. And because he knew the scripture and he knows the heart of his father. So he answered back with scripture. Number two is that Satan twists scripture. So when you hear something, if you're hearing something, you really need to go to the word, open up your Bible and read the context of the scripture that you're hearing or that you are um that you're reading. You want to read the context around it because you can take any scripture out of context and say, well, it's scripture, like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Well, someone might say that, right? But that's the Old Testament where that was said. And that is not what Jesus says in the New Testament, right? So you don't want to just say, well, the Bible says this and just stand on this one scripture and then not realize that that's not actually accurate, right? That's what Satan does. And guess what? I believe that he knows the word inside out. And I also believe that he shows up at church every every opportunity he gets, probably every week, right? His job is to take us away. Like I said, he wants to get our eyes off of God and what God's plan is for our lives how much God loves us, how much you are created in his image, um, how much he knows the plans that he has for you, and they are for good and not for evil, um, that you are loved. And he wants to whisper these um, not sweet nothings in your ear to make you doubt all of these things. So the other thing is that like Satan acts like he has authority to give all of these things <laughs> and he doesn't have that kind of authority so one thing is when you start getting these thoughts in your head I'm not good enough I don't know this I don't know how to do that I'm not sure which direction I should go like God is not the author of confusion first of all and you want to always answer those thoughts with scripture if you're having self-doubts and you're feeling less than, then you need to go to scripture and read what God says about you. And you need to take that to heart, not the negative thoughts that you're hearing. Like God doesn't have bad things to say about you ever. He just loves you. He created you and there's a purpose and plan for your life. Now, James 4, 7 says to be subject to God, resist the devil and he will flee. So when you are subject to God, so like Jesus was, he was, he had, he had aligned his spirit with God. So when you are aligning your own spirit with God and you are hearing what God wants for you, then knowing the scripture also, that helps you resist the devil and he will flee. But guess what? In verse 13, it said he had finished tempting Jesus until a more opportune time. So you are going to have lots of times in your life where you are in a weakened state. 
It could be for any reason, you know, like you lost a job, you lost a loved one. Um, there's some kind of trial or challenge that is happening in your life and you're feeling particularly weak. That's where he's going to come back and be like, hey, I thought God was your provider. Doesn't seem like a really good provider now. You just lost your job. How are you going to pay for your house? How are you going to pay for your car? What about your kids? How are you going to pay for that? You know, all the stuff that they need. Jeez, boy, God really let you down, right? Those are the times that Jesus can, I mean, that Jesus can show up. Like you can use scripture to say, nope, I'm not believing those things because I know that is a lie from the enemy because God is my provider. I do not have to worry. I know that if this door closed, God has something else for me and I'm going to press into him and find out what that is. Now, you you lose a loved one. Maybe they had a, um, a disease of some sort or something happened that was uh, tragic and unexpected for some reason. They ended up passing on. That's a perfect time for the enemy to come and be like, I thought God was a healer. I thought he was supposed to heal all these people. How come he didn't heal them? Oh, they must not have had enough faith. You must not have had enough faith. You didn't pray hard enough. Huh. You know, and he's going to come in with all of these doubts and and start saying, oh, well, scripture says this. How come God didn't do that? Blah, blah, blah. And make you start to doubt. Like, that is his job. That is what he does. And the second you know that that is how he functions, it's going to be easier or I don't know whether I should say easier or more simple to resist the devil and have him flee because I think that it is difficult to do it, but it is possible to do it. Like it's very likely that you can do it. It's just, it might be simple, but it might also still be hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say scripture and then my heart's going to feel all better and I'm not going to have any doubts and all of this. I'm not going to sit here and say that to you. But I am going to say that as you press in to what the Bible actually says and when you press in to the heart of God and understand that sometimes we are not always going to understand the reasons, but we have to trust the God that knows the reasons why things happen in our lives. There are some things as a parent that my child won't understand because, you know, when she's seven, eight years old and I understand life as an adult and she's little, things aren't going to make sense to her because she doesn't have the understanding that I have as an adult and the life experience and things like that. So sometimes things are going to happen in our lives um, that we don't understand, but we have to trust that God is this good, loving father and that he does understand. He sees the bigger picture that we don't see because we are not at the same place that he is. Just like a child is not at the same place knowledge-wise or experience-wise as an adult parent is. So the purpose of this message today is to, you know, to one, let you know that even Jesus, in case you forgot, was tempted and the way that he resisted the devil was by answering everything with scripture. First submitting to God, being subject to God, and then using scripture to come against whatever Satan was saying. When we understand that this is his typical game plan, 
it at least becomes a little easier for us to be able to go um, to the word and to get through this sort of temptation. But also understanding that we're going to have many weak moments in life and those are the opportunities that God is going to, I mean, that Satan is going to come in and try to manipulate us and manipulate our relationship with God. I remember even as a, a young mom, I would often feel like I wasn't uh, a great mom. You know, I was doing my best. I loved my daughter. I did everything to try to protect her. Uh, but I felt like I fell short a lot of times. And sometimes I would see some other mom who is doing something a certain way. And, uh, and then I was like, geez, I don't do that. Maybe I'm not a good mom, you know? <laughs> oh, it's funny the things that we go through now as I'm looking back, I'm like, oh no. First of all, the fact that I'm wondering if I'm a good mom already tells me that I'm a good mom because moms who aren't good moms probably don't care whether they're being good moms or not. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's just these different things in life, but that's those are opportunities where Satan can come in and say, yeah, what kind of mom are you? You don't do gift baskets. You don't do this. Oh, you don't let your kids celebrate, you know, Halloween. You don't, you don't do this you don't do that and it can make you start to feel bad about yourself but when you can stand on God's word that is going to help you so much there was a time in my life where uh, and I might have told you before I don't remember now but there was a time in my life where there was somebody that would say things to me that would normally make me feel bad like you're you're worthless you're never going to amount to anything you know, all things along those lines. Usually when they were really upset, that's when that stuff would come out. But that could eat at you, right? That kind of stuff can really get to you and you could start to believe it. And during that time is when I really pressed into God and what the word says about me. And where I began to understand what my real identity was in Christ. And I had to literally say, no, I am not worthless. God made me and I am made in his image and he loves me. Um, he has a purpose and a plan for my life. I am, I am here for a reason. Like I had to actually say those things to myself out loud often so that I would believe them and not believe all of the other things that are so easy to believe. You're worthless. You're never going to amount to anything. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like those are easy to believe, right? It's harder to believe that you can do something. It's, you can overcome obstacles. You can be all that God created you to be. So as you go on this week, I hope that you will take some time to really pray about this. Go read through that scripture in Luke 4 and just realize that, you know, when you spend time in the word, you are going to be empowered because as you get to know the heart of God for your life, it is much easier to defeat those kind of temptations that come in your life. So I hope that that is helpful this week. And I would love to hear from you over on the Faithing Your Fears page on Facebook. Or you can leave a review or rating on your favorite app if you would like. But... Either way, I am just really grateful that you're here and I hope that you feel inspired every week to be all that God has called you to be.
Now, in case you didn't hear last week, if you are somebody who is thinking about starting home-based business, like you feel that calling on your life and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't have any business experience. I don't have any business education or anything like that. I want to encourage you to join me for uh, my five-day boot camp, which is a home biz startup boot camp. If you are a woman who wants to rise up and use the gifts and talents that God has given you to make a greater impact on the world while also being able to pay for your bills and beyond, then I would invite you to come join me in the boot camp, which is over at vickiarsenault.com slash fall21bootcamp. I will put the link in the show notes in case you want to join. And if you do, it's free. Like I said, um, invite your other female friends, family members, you know, share it. Because I just feel like there's this is a season in life where women are going to rise up. And we're not going to live in the shadows anymore, feeling like we are less than, feeling like we're not supposed to contribute, you know, feeling all of these things. Like, I feel like we've been fed a lot of lies throughout the years. And um, I want us to really step into what God has called us to do. If he hasn't called you to start a business, don't even try it. You got to follow what He, you feel in your spirit to do. But if that's something you've been thinking about and you're thinking, I don't even know what kind of business I would start, this is the boot camp for you. All right, have an amazing week and I'll see you next time.